0: All right, it's time for another one of our popular budget reaction episodes. So we're actually recording this on the day of the budget, Wednesday the 15th, where we're going to take you through all the important changes to the budget, which specifically to doctors and healthcare professionals. And this was quite, I mean, we've had some pretty exciting budgets in the past. Quasi Kwa pretty infamous budget now. And we were expecting not too many dramas from Jeremy. He's seen as a safe pair of hands. And... Well, we did have some dramas because we've got some pensions drama, some childcare drama. And of course, I'm here with my Medics Money co founder and also a doctor like myself, but also chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor, Ed Cantelo. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists, and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP.
1: And by me, Dr. Ed Cantelo, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor.
0: This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad, thank
1: you, Tommy. Not bad at all. And always happy to be here on the podcast. It's been quite an interesting day and, and as you say, we've kind of focused a little bit of budget talk just for doctors today. So, yeah, as you say, the spring budget took place today, 15th of March 2023, Jeremy Hunt's first proper budget taking place against a background of, sort of high inflation and quite poor growth. I think indeed the UK is the only G7 economy which is still smaller than it was before the COVID pandemic, even after growing 4% last year. So apparently, according to his forecast, we've only just avoided a recession, despite I think having a 0.2% reduction in growth at the end of last year. It's a pretty, pretty poor backdrop for Jeremy, but he has done a few things out there to try and get the economy moving, get things get things going. And in particular, he's quite keen to get people back to work where he can. So in terms of three big areas, or three areas that are going to affect doctors, of course, I'm sure everyone's seen by now the headlines that he's made a few changes when it comes to the pension. So indeed, the, probably the headline announcement of his spring budget has got to be those changes that he made. The Chancellor cited resolving the issue of the NHS pension when he talked about the pensions in general today, with his aim of ensuring that no one will stop working because of tax. That's how he phrased it in the House of Commons. We all know the current problem with the NHS pension. It's been disincentivising senior clinicians from continuing with the NHS, something that Jeremy is very keen to try and prevent. So with that in mind, you made two kind of main changes, really. You know, currently, every taxpayer gets a tax free annual allowance in relation to pension tax relief. And for the NHS pension, I'm sure a lot of people know, the annual allowance is the allowable amount of growth in the pension each year. But that, of course, can lead to problems for us because, you know, as members of the NHS pension, we don't really have any control over the growth in our pensions. Currently, that annual allowance is £40,000, but this is tapered down if an individual has an adjusted income above £240,000. So what did Jeremy do? He announced two things today. Firstly, the tax-free annual allowance for pensions has been increased from £40,000 to sixty thousand pounds, while the level of adjusted income at which that taper applies, that's been increased to two hundred and sixty thousand. So up from two hundred and forty thousand, the minimum annual allowance that any individual can get after taper is ten thousand pounds. So now you basically they worked out you'd pretty need a well you need an adjusted income of around like three hundred and sixty thousand to end up with the minimum tapered annual allowance. So it's looking likely that a lot of people now are hopefully going to avoid any annual allowance charges. The second change he made, which was very significant, was that the lifetime allowance, which is the amount of pension that can be built up over an individual's lifetime, that used to be capped at 1.073 million, but that's been scrapped altogether. And given that limit, just say £1 million has been frozen for a long time, this was quite unexpected. I think a lot of people thought he was going to increase it to 1.5 million or even the previous cap of 1.8 million, but he's abolished it altogether, which was quite i so quite unexpected. Overall, it's thought these changes are going to result in fewer doctors receiving annual allowance charges. Hopefully, it will have a positive impact on the NHS workforce. And certainly, the BMA have reacted positively to it. They've called it significant news in an email that was sent just a, a few hours after the budget and seem pretty pleased with that. But of course, there probably are some more details to come, and we might have to wait and see exactly what Jeremy's doing in case there are any surprises. But certainly on the face of it, it looks pretty positive.
0: Definitely. I mean, yeah, finally. So just a few thoughts. As you say, lots more detail to come. This is just, we're literally recording this a few hours after the budget. So there's going to be much more detail in our emails. If you're not on the email list, get on the email list medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash join. Subscribe to the podcast because we'll have more about this as well. But lots more detail that we're going to be teasing out over the next few weeks across our podcast, emails, YouTube, etc. And yeah, I think this could be a good time as well to seamlessly insert a clip from Andy Powell, who, of course, regular podcast listeners will know is a asthma board member and Mazars, specialist medical accountant. So let's hear what Andy says as well, just to get his interpretation. And then after we've done that, I just want to talk about a few other really important things as well, because we talk about this a lot, childcare, the cost thereof, and a bit about companies stuff as well. So let's hear from Andy and then we'll get into the other stuff.
2: It was an interesting budget, to say the least. I think particularly the lifetime allowance change took everyone by surprise. So, I mean, firstly, overall, it's quite a positive budget and some positive changes in there for doctors. A few things that didn't change, though, which they could have dealt with. And combined with some announcements they made in the previous week as well, I think overall it's going to be a positive impact, particularly for those doctors impacted by the lifetime allowance. So dealing with the changes that have come through, firstly, in terms of the annual allowance tax charge, and you remember the annual allowance tax charge is a charge on excess pension growth. There's been a few changes there. Firstly, they've increased the annual allowance from 40,000 to 60,000. Although we'll talk about high earners later on and the impact there. But also that's combined with announcements last week, which included a removal of the inflation disconnect, which we talked about previously on previous podcasts. And that was a core problem causing excessive pension growth in years of high inflation. So that has been confirmed. They're going to remove that. So inflation is no longer going to be an issue in the annual allowance calculation, which is good news, except, of course, when it comes to comparing it with pay, which is another issue. The second also point that's going to help with pension growth is something that did also come out of the budget in that there were concerns, again, with the current inflation situation that... We have a position where some parts of the scheme, particularly the 1995 benefits, which are tied to a final salary link for those in the officers' schemes, the consultants and hospital doctors. The concern there was actually we're going to go in a period of what we call negative growth in that the pension benefits aren't going to keep up with the rate of inflation. And from the existing rules as they stand, is that in a period of negative growth, the growth is deemed as zero. You don't measure it as a negative growth. And the 2015 scheme generally will always be a positive growth. So what they've announced is that you'll be able to offset in year the negative growth on one part of the scheme with the positive growth on the other part of the scheme. Now we'd like all things to be positive, so it's you know it's not a great thing, but actually at least it means that people will now be assessed properly on the growth that they are incurring, rather than sort of growth on one side of the scheme and not growth on the other. So all in all, the annual allowance changes are positive, in that people generally will have a higher allowance of 60,000, people won't be taxed on inflation, and we can now deal with any negative growth as well. The downside is that the tapering level, which you referred to earlier, that, has gone up on the face of it, but actually, it really hasn't. The tapering level assessment needs to now be assessed for those still with an income and that's a taxable income from all sources, so income less any pension contributions of over 200,000 and that's remained the same slightly longer period to taper that away which is useful and a bigger allowance of 60,000 to start with the only change there is that they have increased the minimum allowance which was previously 4,000 now up to an amount of 10,000 which is at least a small benefit so yeah generally any allowance is good. I think there was a missed opportunity potentially around the higher owners who are still going to be impacted and higher earners still need to assess their position. The changes around the lifetime allowance were quite a surprise, to say the least. I think everyone was expecting the lifetime allowance to be increased and the lifetime allowance is a tax charge on the eventual benefits when you take them. And what they have done is decided to actually remove the lifetime allowance altogether. So, in essence, anyone can build a pension pot now. Which they don't have to pay lifetime tax at the end, which is a great position. From a doctor's perspective, those doctors that haven't taken their pension yet obviously will benefit from that going forward. Although I would state that anyone that has accessed their pension benefits, unfortunately, it's not going to be a retrospective change. So if you have paid lifetime allowance, then you are stuck with it, unfortunately. A very short term window does exist, though. So I would sort of stress that anyone who is looking to retire in the next few weeks prior to the end of the tax year on the 5th of April. Or if you know anyone who's about to retire, if they are subject currently to the lifetime allowance, I would suggest they review this position urgently and consider whether they can put back their retirement date into the next tax year, because that could avoid lifetime allowance charges being applied. Whether lifetime allowance will continue as this, we'll have to see. The Labour Party have come out fairly instantly and said they are opposed changing it if they got elected. And that doesn't help insofar as we've got a position politically where you know ideally you don't really know what the long-term position is going to be and that's not great with pension planning. The Labour Party though have said that they at least very much now accept there's a problem with taxation in respect of its impact in the NHS pension and on recruitment and retention. So if the Labour Party were to reverse this lifetime allowance change then hopefully they will put something else in place. doctors so at least that's positive and it's kind of flushed out political thinking so yeah a lifetime allowance was a huge shock you know as it stands gonna be a very positive position for NHS doctors so overall where does this leave us firstly far better position than it currently is at the moment most doctors certainly those who earn under 200,000 are going to be less impacted by the annual allowance now and hopefully won't need to worry about it and hopefully won't have to make those decisions around reducing sessions purely for pension purposes, which is a positive. Certainly those looking at retirement, again, are not going to be impacted by lifetime allowance charges, which again is a positive in that people's pension benefits would be higher. And again, we won't have artificial retirement dates being placed purely because of pension changes. So that's an exceptional positive. There are things to consider, particularly around whether there are opportunities now for those in lower earnings, but maybe above 100,000, to look at putting private pensions in place to keep them below the 100,000, to retain tax-free personal allowances and retain more importantly childcare allowances. And that's gonna be a consideration and something we'll have to give some thought to as and when the legislation appears. Those who have opted out of the pension scheme, will need to reconsider their position. Again, it's an individual decision based on individual circumstances, but they need to consider their position, really, because, again, the NHS pension scheme is a very good pension scheme. And if you can be in it and not have tax charges, then, you know, you're not going to get many better investments out there at the moment. So anyone who has opted out will need to consider that. And finally, those, you know, those above 200000 do need to continue to have active conversations with their advisor. It doesn't mean they should stay out of the scheme, necessarily. It does mean they may have some pension growth tax charges under the annual allowance scheme, but you could potentially be able to mitigate some of these quite significantly. And I'll end by just sort of reconfirming that despite the changes annual allowance hasn't totally gone away it still will impact those above 200 as we've discussed earlier but also anyone who is in the officer scheme so again hospital doctors in the main have retained a final salary link in their legacy pension schemes and therefore if you do get a year where you have a high pay uplift you could still have high growth albeit with a bigger allowance to offset and a bigger allowance carried forward from the previous years, which will begin to grow over the next few years. So it's still something that you need to actively keep on top of reviewing, but, you know, overall, some positive changes there.
0: Okay, mate. So yeah, plenty more to come on that. It's complicated and tune in here and you'll get the latest info. But can we talk a bit about childcare? Because I've got lots of kids and I'm interested in this. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you
1: know, the government again recognized that we have significant childcare costs in the UK. I think I read somewhere that the UK has got the highest childcare costs in the developed world. or certainly one of the countries with the highest costs in the developed world. So I think the idea is that, you know, currently, or the current changes that he's made should help with this. Basically, he's saying that uh, parents of children aged nine months to three years will be offered 30 hours a week of free childcare in term time, as long as both parents are working at least 16 hours a week. And that's basically an expansion, because I think children under the age of three years old were exempt from this, but the plan is to expand this thirty hour, 33 hours to children under three. So basically a big boost for working parents who are trying to juggle the cost of childcare. Of course, there are people saying, well, it's going to take a little while for people to feel the benefit, because there would need to be an expansion of childcare facilities and more people in place to cover these increased needs. But certainly a positive step which the government intends to phase in gradually by September 2025 to allow for these new provisions to be available for the influx of children.
0: Yeah, also means we need to rewrite almost all of our childcare content as well. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be
1: quite quite a few things that we're going to have to rewrite, I think, from the Medic's Money website and all the blogs. Something we'll have to come to over time, again, once you've read all the details, what Jeremy's been up to. But another big change, sure we'll talk about the other big change that will affect people, which involves companies. So some of you guys out there will have uh, will be trading via companies. I fully appreciate that this will not be the majority of doctors listening to the podcast, but there will be people out there with private practice or who are trading for a company, as you said. So of the companies, you know, as expected, the chancellor confirmed that the main rate of corporation tax is going to increase from nineteen percent to twenty five percent with effect from the 1st of April, 2023. But that was despite really significant pressure from his own party, businesses throughout the UK. I think three former chancellors had all said that was a bad move. I think it's the first corporation tax increase for 49 years. And a lot of people were saying it's going to make the UK a lot less competitive. And added to that, the super deduction regime, which allows extended capital allowances, extended relief on investments, for businesses that will end on the 31st of march 2023 a lot of people are quite worried about this kind of double blow you've got increased tax rates you've got reduced you know deductions for investments you know what what was going to happen so to compensate for the loss of the super deduction regime what jeremy's doing is replacing it from the first of april with something called full expensing that basically means a 100 capital allowance for qualifying planting machinery. And that would include most things like computers, for example. It's going to last for three years, up until the 31st of March, 2026. Um, But the government have indicated that their ambition is to make it permanent. So the goal is that everyone will get this, all companies will be eligible for full expensing. And basically, full expensing means that companies can deduct 100% of the cost from their taxable profits straight away. Usually what would happen is you would buy an asset let's say you bought a computer and you maybe get a small amount of you know that cost taken off up front it's called a first year allowance and then every year you'd be given a sort of 25% of that reducing balance now people should be able to just buy a computer say and then deduct 100% of that cost against their profits the government is saying that similar to the super deduction which basically for every one pound you invested in qualifying machinery and plant for every one pound you were getting a 25 pence saving They're saying that similar to the super deduction, full expensing will also result in a 25p tax saving for every one pound invested. I'm guessing what they're saying there is because every one pound is reducing your taxable profits by one pound and those taxable profits are taxed at twenty-five percent for a lot of companies, you know, you're gonna be getting twenty-five percent tax relief. Of course, not everyone will be paying 25% corporation tax rate. Some companies, if their profits are below 50,000 will still have the 19% corporation tax rate. And of course, as we said many a time before, between 250,000 and 50,000, there's a marginal tax rate of 26.5%. So, an even bigger, slightly bigger saving for investments for those people that fall in that kind of marginal rate area.
0: Yeah, awesome. So some people might be thinking, hold on, I thought corporation tax was going up to 19% or 25%. But as you just mentioned, there's a marginal rate of 26.5%. We have a huge someone asked this in YouTube, it's a great question, because there's the nowhere does the legislation mention 26.5%. So if you're in that area from 50 to 250, have a look on our YouTube. There's a video there about why the, the rate is actually 26.5, even though the maximum rate in the legislation is 25. It's another marginal rate. It's like our pet project. I got some thoughts about this because you know, <laughs> you are an accountant and uh, you do a reasonable job of managing the finances at Medics Money. And as a result, you know, we've invested in some more microphones to improve the sound quality of the podcast. Hopefully, the listeners are appreciating that. And they qualified for super deductions. And that's why we just bought another new microphone a few days ago, because we were aware that super deductions was going away. But basically, this new thing is basically replacing them, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah, basically for most companies you will find that essentially it's gonna be exactly the same situation. If every one pound you invest, there's a twenty five P tax saving. So yeah, I think he was under so much pressure because of this corporation tax increase that he had to really do something to try and sweeten the blow. And that's what he chose to do. But it does make life yeah. a lot simpler. If you think you buy an asset, you don't look at your tax for profits, simple. You know, I think a lot of businesses are quite happy with this, assuming it stays. he's only guaranteed it for three years.
0: Well, and also, if you think about it, there's an election coming up as well. So if you're looking to make long-term investments, you're basically taking a bit of a gamble that either this policy is going to stay, even if the government was to change, or... the current government is going to come so if you're looking on a long-term basis it's probably a bit tricky for those kind of companies but apologies for that text message by the way that was andy powell who is just recording his segment for this podcast like we're literally doing this on budget day and getting it out to you as soon as possible so you've got the most up-to-date information okay mate a few other things i mean this has been quite a cheery podcast from you so far but you always put a bit of a reality check in somewhere so is it time for the reality check
1: yeah, it is, I'm afraid, and as you say, it's my specialty. I don't want to put anyone on a downer because it is a good news budget in many ways for what it's done. But just don't forget that there have been lots of previous announcements from Jeremy in particular. Don't forget the government's previous measures to freeze the income tax thresholds and various other thresholds as well. And that's created a significant problem with what we call fiscal drag. Uh, I won't go into that what that is again. I've gone over it many a time before, but don't forget, yes, yeah, so fiscal drag that's costing taxpayers An estimated seventy-eight billion pounds between twenty twenty two and twenty twenty eight. But there's news today that they reckon about four million workers have been dragged into higher income tax bands because of that freeze. Okay. So just again, as we always say, you know, make sure you're claiming all your allowable deductions against your income tax, you know, make sure you're utilising your ISO allowances, watch out for your marginal tax rates, all these things we talked about. Many times before, I'm not going to go into them again now, but just you know, don't forget. Although there's good news today, there has previously been some more negative news, so don't forget about that. Yeah, and then finally, just something to add. Don't you know? It was interesting that Jeremy's today committed the government to publishing the long-term workforce plan for the NHS that he committed the government to in the autumn statement in 2022. So that will be, I think, will be quite an interesting read to it when it comes. I'm sure yeah lots to think about when he publishes the nhs workforce plan
0: yeah is there a workforce plan at the moment is this like the first time you've ever had a workforce plan i don't know i'm just asking
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i'm guessing they probably had some sort of plan i assume probably not for a while if they ever have i kind of in my head the nhs or the tone of health are constantly working out workforce flows but goodness knows what they're actually doing so yeah something to look forward to at some point this year i don't think he actually said when he's going to publish it he just said it's committed the government to publishing it.
0: Brilliant. Plenty more coming on this over the next few weeks on the podcast, on the YouTube, on our emails. Someone said to me that day, after 140 odd episodes of this podcast, we might be running out of content. And I was like, well, no, we're not. And then after today, I think we've just got another year and a half's worth of content as well. So... Thanks, Jeremy, for the extra content. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, mate, for doing this analysis you know, on the fly today and getting this out to people. I mean, I'm going to be on call when this comes out because it's coming out probably Thursday, Friday. You are going to not be on call. Are you going to make everyone really jealous about where well, you're going to be?
1: Well, I'm very lucky I'm off to Belfast tomorrow so I can be there for St. Patrick's Day with some friends. So uh, yeah, very much looking forward to having a few days off on uh, the
0: weekend off. Absolutely. You've earned it, mate. You've worked hard today to get this turned around so fast. So cheers for that. Thanks for listening. Yeah. See you on the next podcast. And next week's podcast, we are hoping to talk about things that you need to do before the new tax year starts on the 6th of April. So don't forget to subscribe and tune in for that. But for now, take care. Thanks for listening. Bye. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye.